I'd like to read to you this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The word of God for the people of God. God. Well, the verses that we just read this morning precede the more familiar verse that most of us know when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And uh, what an incredible, familiar and comforting image that is for us of God. And throughout the Old Testament, you see that image of God as the shepherd. It's in the prophets and in other books. And then most, um, <clears throat> you know, most, uh, probably the best known is Psalm 23 that um, Marissa just read for us this morning. And then uh, the priests were also in some places referred to as shepherds of Israel. And uh, for those of you who like Bible study, uh, let me invite you to go to Ezekiel chapter 34 sometime this week. And, uh, and read and study that chapter because it's a chapter where God is, is really coming down hard on all the shepherds of Israel for not doing their job. And if you uh, compare Ezekiel chapter 34 with this chapter in John's gospel, you'll see that Jesus basically is fulfilling all the things the other shepherds didn't do. Um, he, he is the one who is doing what God wants to do. So uh, it's also notice Jesus is addressing the Pharisees because they considered themselves to be the shepherds of Israel. And so Jesus is sort of giving them a lesson on what a real shepherd actually does. And, and first of all, uh, you know, he begins with this, this parable or, or better, an, an allegory where he contrasts the shepherd of the sheep with the thieves and the robbers and, you know, before we, we look at that, it's probably important to picture in our mind what Jesus is talking about. Uh, because in those days, uh, there would be a sheep pen, which, or a, it would be sort of like a corral. Um, the, the walls would be made of, of rocks and stone. Um, sometimes it would be near the shepherd's dwelling. Sometimes, actually, the wall of the shepherd's dwelling would be a part of the wall of the sheep pen. And so it would be the stone wall, and it would have a gate. And the, the sheep would enter in and out through the gate, 
and there was nowhere else you, would, you could come in without climbing over the wall. So it's, that, that's kind of uh, the picture Jesus is talking about. The shepherd would come and open the gate and lead the sheep you know, in from the field or out into the field. Um, so, so that's kind of the image that they were all aware of that Jesus is talking about. And he's kind of needling the Pharisees for not acting like real shepherds. He says, you're not really shepherds of the sheep. You, you don't get to use the gate. And he uses some humor here. Um, he, you know, he says, you have, to, you have to get to the sheep by climbing over the wall. So picture that in a long robe. And, and, but the true shepherd, he enters through the gate. And the gatekeeper recognizes the shepherd's voice and he lets him in. And the, the gatekeeper is either another shepherd or someone they've hired to, to be there all night to watch the sheep and to protect them from any, whatever may come to harm them during the night. And so when, uh, when, the sheep, when the shepherd shows up, the sheep recognizes voice. As soon as they hear the shepherd talking to the gatekeeper, the sheep start making their way over to the gate. And I've read that shepherds use different names uh, that they use to, to refer to their sheep or to call their sheep. And uh, that if more than one herd of sheep is out on the same hill, the shepherd will just yell and call using that name that he used. And only his sheep would come and follow him, either because they, they recognized the word or, or, or more likely they recognize his voice. And so they go and, and they, they follow the voice that they're used to following. Now, through the years, people have tried to figure out, you know, what Jesus meant by this allegory. You know, who, who are the thieves and the robbers that he was talking about? Were, were they the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day who were leading the, the folks astray? Were they the false teachers and the false messiahs that were trying to infiltrate the church that John was writing this gospel to? Or were they you know, the TV faith healers or nationalistic propagandists of today. I'm going to guess it's all of the above. So I think that everyone agrees Jesus is the shepherd or by extension leaders of the church. And the early church fathers, they had it all figured out. They said Jesus was the shepherd, <clears throat> the thief was Satan, the sheep were believers, the sheep pen was the world, the gatekeeper was John the Baptist. So... Go figure. But to me, the main image to take away from this parable is that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and they recognize it. They know the voice that belongs to the shepherd and they don't follow any other voice. They only follow the voice of the one they know that is their shepherd. And I think that is so important to us. Because, you know, when you get to know somebody really well, you recognize their voice. And if you're not even looking and you hear the voice, you know who it is because you recognize the voice. And you can be in a room full of people who are talking, and yet you can hear her voice. Or you can hear her laughter out of that whole room of people because you have spent hours listening to that voice. And even more importantly, because you love the one who has that voice. And because of that, you recognize 
that voice immediately. And so it is with Jesus. We recognize his voice because we spend time listening to him. We spend time reading the gospels and we spend time in prayer. And we don't hear an audible voice, but we do reach a point where when anything is said, we understand whether or not that sounds like Jesus. Does that sound like his voice? Is that something Jesus would say or do? And so then when a Christian leader speaks out with hatred toward any group of people and they quote scripture to do it, that voice sounds very unfamiliar. <laughs> and we wonder whose voice is that? And we, we may not know whose voice it is, but we know whose voice it is not because we have learned to recognize Jesus' voice. And when a parent forgives the drunken driver that killed their teenager, we hear Jesus' voice. And we recognize those words are words that have come from him. And we may not understand and we may not know the person who said them at all, but we recognize that voice. We know where that came from. I heard a story once about a woman who got a, a new job as a teller at a bank and her manager gave her a $20 bill and he said, I want you to spend time all day long examining this $20 bill and at the end of the day, I want you to tell me why you know it's counterfeit. And so every chance she got, she examined this $20 bill and she even took out $20 bills she knew were real and she would compare them and she went over every inch of it. I mean, she examined it as thoroughly as she knew how. And at the end of the day, the, the bank manager said, well, can you tell me what's wrong with that $20 bill? And exasperated, she said, I can't find anything wrong with it. I've examined it. I've compared it with others. I've looked at it as closely as I know how. I can't find what the problem is. And he smiled. And he said, good, because it's authentic. But if you've spent that much time examining it and you know back and forth what it looks like, then you'll recognize the counterfeit when they hand it to you. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that we don't need to spend our time learning false teachings to stay away from. We just need to stay close enough to Jesus that we know his voice. Because once we recognize his voice, that's all we need. Other voices won't be able to fool us. And we may not be able to quote scripture at the drop of the hat, but we will be able to say, that sounds like Jesus or not, because we recognize his voice. And the shepherd walks out in front of the sheep and he leads them out like the shepherd in the 23rd Psalm. He leads them out to green pastures and still waters. And they follow because they know his voice. They recognize his voice. There's this fascinating couple of verses all the way back in the book of Numbers. I'm sure you didn't think there was anything fascinating in Numbers. <laughs> but Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, <clears throat> one who will lead them out. And bring them in, 
So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And Moses is praying for Joshua, that he will be the shepherd of the people. And of course, Joshua is the uh, Hebrew name for Jesus. And, and so, you know, Jesus fulfills that role even greater than Joshua did. He's not just the shepherd of Israel, but he's the shepherd of, of everybody. So Jesus told this, this beautiful allegory about how he was, he was like the shepherd who came and they heard his voice. And because they recognized his voice, they followed him. And they wouldn't follow the thieves and the robbers because they didn't recognize their voice. But they would follow him and he would lead them out to green pastures and still waters. And they would not be fooled by false voices and the grifters would be, in the meantime, hung up in the barbed wire fence over the top of the wall. And after hearing this beautiful allegory that Jesus was teaching them with, and after finishing up, Jesus probably smiled because he had put it so well. And then the Pharisees, in verse 7 or in verse 6, <clears throat> they say, and I'm quoting the Greek loosely here, Huh? <laughs> we don't get it. Jesus, we are just not following you here. And so beginning in verse 7, Jesus reboots and he tries again. And he says, okay, let's try a different metaphor this time. I am the gate. Now that doesn't have the same ring to it as I am the good shepherd. But um, he'll get to that later. He's just warming up right now. It's not as poetic as I am the way, I am the truth, I am the bread of life. Doesn't sound like any of those, but you know, we're in remedial class now, so we're kind of down to I am the gate. It's, a, it's sort of a humble metaphor because Jesus is the door or the gate that leads in and out of the pen or the corral. And, and, and although it's a humble it's a fitting image because Jesus as the gate is, is our protector. And many understand Jesus is saying that he is the way and we can only enter through him. Boy, it would be a different culture if so many people who said that really believed it. That admission comes from recognizing the voice of the shepherd and following the shepherd, and that it's all about our relationship to Jesus. But you know, unfortunately, these days, most churches erect a whole bunch of other gates that they ask people to walk through. For some, it's a gate of which political party do you belong to? If you want to be a part of the church, you have to be in the right one. For some, it's the gate of how you dress. For some, it's the gate of the color of your skin. Our own denomination is fighting over whether or not we should put up a gate about LBGTQ inclusiveness, a gate either for or against. We put up a lot of gates. But Jesus said, I am the gate. And it is faith in Jesus that opens the door for us. It's not whether we agree on all these other beliefs or not, but it's whether we recognize the voice of the shepherd and we follow him. That is the only gate that matters. 
It's the only one that matters. And often when we speak of Jesus as the gate, it becomes about how Jesus is the gate that keeps people out, (laughs) that everyone must pass through this gate if they want to get in. But Will Willimon suggests that Jesus is both the passage to God and God's gracious passage to us. So Jesus isn't just the gate through which we get to God. Jesus is the gate through which God has gotten to us. It's because of Jesus that we know who God is. It's because of Jesus that we know what God's voice sounds like. It's because of Jesus that we know how God acts. It's because of Jesus that we know how God wants us to live. In Jesus, we see as much of God as we're ever going to see. So Jesus isn't just the gate that lets us in. He's the gate that let God out into our lives and into our world. So watch out for the thieves, Jesus said. The religious leaders, both then and now, who are pickpockets and charlatans and court prophets, they will lead you astray. They'll rob you of the life that God intends for you. They will kill the love of neighbor in your soul. They will destroy your faith in the reality of the kingdom of God and replace it with an idol. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And Jesus didn't say eternal life. Now, we we get that too. But Jesus is talking about this life, this every day going to bed, getting up, putting your shoes on, and walking through the day life. Jesus said, in this life, you can have it to the full. You can have purpose You can have meaning. You can even have joy in this life. And it isn't that complicated. It just takes the commitment to know Jesus well enough that we can recognize his voice and then follow wherever that voice leads us. Peter said it best, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have returned to the great shepherd and overseer of our souls. Amen.